Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. Wonderful to see you, Gordon. I believe that you have come with a topic for discussion. Is this so? Well, it's not really so much a discussion. But in episode 168, I believe it was, you presented an exercise which, if we undertook, could be one of the techniques that we would use to get ourselves out of a creative slump. Indeed we did. For the listeners, refresh our memories as to what was involved in that. Ah, well, burned with fire it is. Remember every word I do not. (laughs) It was... uh, You suggested one lens of one focal length to a location which likely was opportunity rich and then to go to town. But then you threw in some restrictions. We were allowed to shoot 36 images only, no matter how long we were there. Not allowed to use any doodads. No burst shooting, no tripods, no post-processing, or cropping or twiddling. And we could go to town as long as we had stayed within those limits. That sounds exactly correct. So this is a common methodology back from the old days of photo school. Why do you want to talk about it? Well, as I see it, uh, we, or you, or both of us, Uh, inflicted this on the listeners as a means of getting over their creative slump. But there was really no feedback. And we could have been whistling Dixie as far as they were concerned, and I think I just showed my age with the whistling Dixie bit. Well, I joined you in age because I knew (laughs) exactly what you were talking about. But sadly, that's true of a lot of podcasts. The the authors and the producers don't really know how much pickup there is. We get very little feedback on the exercises. I'm happy with the feedback we do get, but I have no idea, honestly, if anyone ever does any of the exercises. But it sounds like you did. So what did you do? Ah, well, our bustling new uh, metropolis of Newmarket had an antique car show on display at the local fairground. So another member of the camera club and myself decided to go and put this to the test. One camera, one lens, one focal length. Ah, what was your reaction when you had to think this through and what equipment did you decide to take? Well, once I committed myself to this, the first sensation I had was angst. Uh, Car shows are pretty infrequent in this neck of the woods. And the prospect of blowing the opportunities provoked a degree of sleeplessness, but it didn't keep me awake all night. But my next reaction was for it to get my back up so that I was determined not to blow this. But I decided I would make it interesting. I chose a lens that I use less frequently and that was a 7 to 14 or 14 to 28 millimeter 
full frame equivalent. And I set it at 10 millimeter. Gaffer taped it so I couldn't move it and gave myself an effective lens of 20 millimeters. Okay. So I commend you because that's not a lens that most people facing this exercise would choose first. Mm-hmm. They might pick something that was perhaps more comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. You chose something that would be uncomfortable. And I commend you for that because I bet you get more out of it. Yes, uh, I, I think I probably did. And I figured I would have to learn to understand the peculiarities of this lens to do what I had to do. And the, the entire process uh, was more an evolution than an, an uh, epiphany. The first vehicle that I determined I was going to photograph, and I thought I would take maybe one or two images per vehicle, and I walked around it and looked at it from different angles, and I chose my point of view, and I made an image. And how did that go? Awful. Huh. But I wouldn't allow myself to shoot it again. Because you had told us, you've got 36 images. You blow it, it's your problem. So it was time for me to rethink this in a big hurry. Okay, but that's par for the course. You know, our habits, our comfort zones are a challenge to break and a challenge to exit. I would reiterate the words of the past philosopher Carlin, who would say, you got to wanna. (laughs) Yes, you got to wanna. You wanted to, and you started, and then you said, okay, this isn't going to go where I want it to go. Right. I need to rethink this. Yep. So what was involved in that process? Firstly, I had 36 images. Oh, actually, 35 now, because I'd blown one. And there were over 50 cars in that field. So that math wasn't adding up. It wasn't going to be one image per car. So I took an Aboriginal approach. I went on walkabout. And I apologize to our Aussie listeners, if we actually have any. And I pulled out my notebook and I marked the cars that I found most interesting using a random set of criteria. And then I whittled that down a little further and now I was ready. Okay, that's great. Well, but I'm curious. The way you said that, you know, I had these random criteria. But they're the criteria you created yourself. Yes. Doesn't that make them useful? Yes, but still random. Oh, yes. Because it wasn't the same thing being applied to every car. Right. Uh, Some I would look at the color, some I would look at something else. And uh, so my reasons for choosing one over the other were fairly shot in the dark. This whole thing didn't actually work out the way I, I wanted it to, though. Apparently, when I started shooting the cars, I realized I didn't know anything about cars. I like the way they look. I like to see the reflections. I like their lines, but I know nothing about the cars themselves. So I engaged the owners in a, in a conversation. I asked them who they were, why they liked this car, what they found interesting about it, uh, everything I could think of 
I asked them. And then I asked them to describe for me two things about the car that they would describe as an oh wow uh, feature. And then I went on to try and make the images and to represent those oh wow features. So that's fascinating to me. If I heard you right, you did research into the subject, you learned from those with greater expertise than you, and they were actually present, the people to learn from, not an internet blowhard in sight. Sounds like it would have been smooth sailing. And no. Oh. Didn't work that way. I had this honking, great, bulbous nose, 20 millimeters lens that would not behave the way I thought lenses should behave. So I had to figure out what the characteristics of the lens were and what the owner had told me were the salient features of that vehicle and how was I going to put this together and take an image that would show that feature in the context of the car and how was I going to marry these two things together. Okay, and was that satisfying? Oh, yes, this was really satisfying. I was pumped. I was really, really pumped. But I was also dirty. I was lying on the ground. I was lying on my belly. I was underneath the bumper of the car with my head pointing up, trying to get the, the emblem against something that looked interesting. I was shooting upside down. I was like a kid in the candy store. And the owners were having a really good time with me, I'll have to tell you. That's was great. I blur in any way? No way. So you were way outside the frame. I was, oh yeah. That's great. Left field. What other enlightenments did you discover? Well, as photographers, uh, we know about light. Ah, we see. know it comes from the back and from the front and it's hard and it's soft. It's a different ball game when it's getting in the way of what you want to do. It was a blue sky, there was no cloud, the sun was either backlighting the car or lighting the back of the car, which is not, not necessarily the same as backlighting. And it was lighting the car in areas where the action wasn't. So I took about two images with different exposures trying to overcome or de-emphasize the shadows or the glaring highlights and they were awful that's when the flash went on the and the camera and i didn't take it off again for the rest of the rest of the day so there we get another skill got improved upon strictly by the force of necessity that's awesome you should be very very pleased uh, not only did you try something that is inherently difficult but when presented with a challenge, let's call that in the flow, you came up with another solution that happened to work for you. Yep. And having seen some of those images, I would say you did a great job. Your developed process worked for you. Mm -hmm. It's your process. That's all that matters. By the way, I'd heard that you were there for around three hours. Did you break the 36-image limit? Actually, I only shot about 20 before I felt the effects of pretty severe dehydration and starvation at that point. 
But once I started looking for unusual angles and expressive components to the images, uh, shooting quickly took a back seat. Well, it was an auto show after all. But to shooting differently. And I was impressed at how much time was consumed to get the image you wanted from just a single shot. Quality or quantity? Quality. Quality for sure. Art over product. Any other thoughts that you may have for this process? No, just ramblings. I don't want to offend anyone, but yes. If you're in a similar situation, either because you've been crazy enough to take this challenge or because you find yourself in a slump, confront your comfort zone and then bury it. You got the blars? Find the most improbable thing that you can find and go make some images of it. Uh, as an example of that might be something like you are now, because you've got the good camera, photographing the family get-together and you decide, I'm going to try this process. I can tell you that you don't know what blah means till your significant other says something along the lines, you blow this and I'm going to maim you slowly. So, thanks for listening. <laughs> Ross is amused. <laughs> I, I'm Gordon. <laughs> I, and I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I really am. Thank you so much for sharing the experience of being brave enough to go undertake an exercise that many people will hear and just not do. And what I'm hearing from you is you just went and did it, and the outcome was maybe even better than you expected. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I've looked at my, my images again and again. And like you said, you, there was no uh, post-processing. So I, I shot RAW and JPEG simultaneously. So I just looked at the, the JPEG images because I couldn't have done anything about it. But having looked at the images, and if I'm going to process them now, I can see all kinds of things that I want to do to those images that will even make them pop further. And that's fair. Nothing that says after the exercise that you cannot edit later. Right. The idea is to come out with the best you could without processing. Right. And that's the point of this podcast. Go make better photos and better videos. Uh, for I those listening, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I encourage you to subscribe to both the articles and to the podcast. Thanks very much. I'm Ross. I'm Gordon. And we'll talk to you again sometime soon. <laughs>